Yo, what is up? It is the time that you have been waiting for. Whoa! Big off season is almost coming to a close. The NFL, most of it at least, is reporting for training camp today. And I kind of feel like the off season's almost over. Yeah. How are you guys feeling? We're you doing stop good. saying whoa next week? It's Fuck over. That. Forget it. It's whoa, just plain to big fame. first week. Whoa. Big, big second week. Whoa, big pre yeah, it goes on for life. Give me the football. Okay. Why? I don't know. You're protecting your you look like a, a, a crammed in sausage into that shirt today, okay? <laughs> I have yeah. a ping pong paddle. Left goes got a football. Yeah, and you just have I'm your stupid the football. Yeah. I went and got the football over there and brought it. Let me see you grip the football. You're gonna throw it. Let me see. This is how I would hold it like that. Two and under four. One and under three. Okay. So one and under three. How would you hold this? One under three. One... Let's see how you would hold that. Oh, that's don't even. That's horrible. Are you a finger up guy? Wait, so, so you're talking about my my fourth first thing I look at is, yes. is in the first one and then the third and then I feel like you're I want, under three, not I'm on under three. three. You're under three. What are you? I'm a two and five guy. Just so this on. is Sims on the laces. So this is one of the first things I'd ever look at at a quarterback. Can the so see that? Do we have a good camera shot? Yeah, a good camera yeah, hold shot. your hand up. Where yeah. is it? There we go. There so your fourth finger is in the second slot and your pinky finger is in the fifth slot. Right. It's, it's, a, it's a fascinating thing because a lot of guys do it different ways. And, you know, Dan Marino was more of a two and five guy. John Elway was like a one and four guy. Makes the ball real small towards the top of his hand, right? Like right. that. Aaron Rodgers is two and under six. Show us what Rodgers looks like. This is Aaron Rodgers. And Brett Favre was this as well, but two and under six, which I That's can't. That's a wide ass. Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre have. Two of the biggest hands me up? I've ever grabbed. The reason you I... have a cliffhanger on your right nostril, dude. If you pick me apart one go more ahead. time, let me just see. No, you still and didn't still get there. it. Yep, there we go. Yep. yep. All right, All right. and that's why I said no. You're not touching the football. Sorry. Wait, how do you know? I, I got messed up because I remember seeing a Kurt Warner video. Yeah. And Kurt used to put his pointer finger on the tip of the ball, yes. and he said it gives you that push. Right. And I watched that, and then the rest of my life, I was like. Kurt Warner, so he yeah. kind of messed me up a little Yo, bit. Yeah, there's only two guys that I really know that ever really did that with finger on top. Now, Kurt Warner, I wouldn't say he's, he's the most pure like, spiral thrower ever. It's yeah. not going to be easy to throw a spiral when you put your finger up like that. Terry Bradshaw did that, too. He put his, put his finger towards the top. Finger on the he, was a, he was a national champion javelin thrower, too. Yeah. So he just made it up how he threw the football like every year. I've, I've had conversations with this where, like, he was a lot like my dad. They'd go into training camp and just go, hmm, this feels good this year. Let me just throw it like this, and wow. I'll do it. And uh, Can you see that on film? How I, guys hold the ball? Usually, no, it's too hard. I usually take, like, still pictures. You know, when you see a still picture or something, then I go, oh, okay, that's how he grips it, right? Gotcha. Like, Br- Brady's a 2-5, and 2-4 and four kind of guy. kind of sounds like you're partial to the 2-5 and five throwers. Uh, it, no, I'm not. I'm not at all. It, it really doesn't matter. It's all about feel. It really is. It, it has no difference... What's all. the weirdest one you've seen? Man, there's a. I'll tell you, Lamar Jackson's was pretty weird this year, where he's got like he like his middle two. He's like this almost, where his second, third, and fourth finger are really tight, really together. really tight together, and it's on like lace one, and he only has that on the lace. 
And I've never seen someone hold their ring finger and their middle finger that close together to throwing a football. And I would think at some point, if his if his accuracy doesn't improve on some of the throws we've heard about through training camp and what I've heard, work that they're going to start to go, wait, wait how are you gripping the what, football? Of all the pl- uh, ways to change a throwing motion, whether it's feet, whether it's your arm motion, whether it's your fingers on the ball, what's the hardest one to change for someone that they've done their whole life? Yeah, most people don't know how to get their upper body aligned in the right way to throw the football to actually give themselves a chance to throw it to their utmost capabilities like Mm. usually when we get nfl quarterbacks in the sims household or college quarterbacks that we you you get them and you go yeah but you're almost in your own way here you're the one blocking yourself from being able to get that extra five miles per hour and we Mm. show them a few things like that shoulder turn creating opposites like you would like hitting a hitting a golf ball at the driving range right you keep the bottom part of your body pretty still and then you rotate to create those opposites and that allows you same thing with football same thing with hitting a baseball same thing with a forehand and tennis torque it's exactly right torque is really the name of the game when all sudden done Yeah. yeah it's funny it's you, you think of a golf swing as so complicated. Keep your head down, put your feet a certain way, whatever. Throwing football is the same way. It's a very similar. And, and I feel like you could, you could start getting in your own head and then like thinking about your fingers, and you forget you to think keep about your everything. Yeah. You're right. You're right. There's times now since I've retired and got out of football where I go, man, you know, sometimes I just was way too over analytical on my like own mechanics. Every time I've thrown a football with you, yeah. the first through few balls you throw, you're so deliberate that it, it's, it's almost like, are you going to do this the whole fucking catch yeah yeah like no. their first throw you're like mm, mm. i'm like just throw the ball bro yeah i just want to yeah. get a little feel for it uh coming up a little bit later we will be having the whoa big off season awards whoa. very excited uh big phil is going to be joining us probably in about 20 minutes and we're going to break down the ridiculous quarterback tiers on espn all of you have been dming me sims has opinions both of them do and we're going to get phil's top five running backs because apparently he's got stuff to say and at the end of the show today we're going to have an interview with the president all the hall of fame six nine over 400 pound david baker and he look i said i'm a little disappointed this whole to thing and he kind of came back so he he manned up he did. Yeah, so we'll have that and a little bit later. he beat your ass if you were oh, too disrespectful. He's such a nice guy. I would yeah. never even think about fighting him. Right. He's but the all typical three thing. of us, I feel like... Would have a chance. Yeah. Have a chance. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I don't I'd know. Be out he's like a real life 1-1. One, one. I don't know if we can really mess with that guy. Uh, big news since Monday... Todd Gurley has been paid. Adam Schefter was the first one to break it. Four-year extension for Todd Gurley, so it never got to the point where Le'Veon Bell was. $60 million total, $45 million guaranteed. Most guaranteed money ever given to a running back. Adrian Peterson would be second, and then Saquon's third. So it shows you running backs really have not gotten guaranteed money over the deal. Uh, what was your first reaction to this? Uh, I, g- glee, happiness. I'm glad to see the running backs getting paid. I hope this corrects the market a little bit. I mean, it, everyone kept saying this sets the market. Do you agree with that? I do. I do. Yes, it does finally give a marquee name that got a uh, respectable deal for everybody to go, okay, this is the benchmark. And I don't think anybody would argue that Todd Gurley's. I mean, at least in the top five. I say he's the best running back in football right now. Uh, But he's in that top three, top five conversation. And yes, this will set the bar going forward. But um, 
You Rams. think he's the best running back in the NFL. I do. And everyone after this went, man, Le'Veon Bell's got to be upset. And your take was, Gurley's better than Le'Veon Gurley Bell. Gurley is better than Le'Veon Bell. And, and again, you he have had to... more rushing yards, receiving yards, rushing touchdowns, receiving touchdowns, a better yards per catch, and a better yards per reception than Le'Veon last year. Exactly. And he's three years younger. And I would younger. argue he doesn't have as good a quarterback, a good offensive line, or maybe not even the good as weapons on the outside, if you really better want to get that. Better OC. But it's not like Todd Haley's chopped liver. But, but I think the big thing but, there is... He's three years younger. Exactly. That's really where it all goes to. The things I look at, and, and again, I, Le'Veon Bell's awesome. I like. I, mean, I got a man crush on the guy. Uh, I'm just trying to keep it real for everybody. Yeah, three years younger. Um, and I think the thing that separates Gurley from Le'Veon Bell, in my mind, like we said a little last week, is his explosive ability. There's no stat line for going, hmm, that guy can go 80 yards to the house. We've never seen mm-hmm. Le'Veon Bell go to 80 to the house. It's not in his game. He is a like big chunk runs yeah, or 30 Gurley yards. Gurley and Zeke are the guys that can really take it yeah, to the David distance. Johnson, they yeah. can go to the house because when they open up, they can run like track speed type of guys right. where Le'Veon Bell doesn't have that. Uh, but yeah, you said it. I mean, Gurley, it, 0.7 yards per rush more uh, on the year last year, over five yards per reception. Um, and uh, yeah, like he's in the prime of his career and he's been a physical freak really ever since we've known him, whether it's Would college or NFL. Would you give, if you were GM Chris Sims, like we talk about pay these guys their money, mm-hmm. but would you pay a running back 45 million guaranteed? I would, especially in his like time frame right there. Like the Dallas Cowboys, they should be looking at this going, mm, okay, this is kind of our what we should do during maybe next year and just get ahead of the Zeke Elliott thing right away. Running backs are going to take these type of deals because they're going to go – Todd Gurley's going to go, damn, I didn't get hit once in college and my ACL blew out. So you're telling me I can get $45 million right now before the season starts and we can do it and I can be pretty much good? You I almost think, think it's a value. I, I, I do. I think the way the NFL going, I think we're going to see the running back become more, get more respect paid-wise because I think some of these freak running backs that we're seeing in the league right now, the Ezekiel Elliott's, the David Johnson's, the Leonard Fournette's, all these guys, this is the one thing I think people are missing out. We're going to see a longer shelf life from these players, I think, going forward because of the running back by committee. Nobody gets dr- like driven into the ground like the early 2000s or the 90s yeah, we're like not we were growing four up. 500 carries a 30 season. 30 carries a game or at the very least it was 24. People were freaking That's out happening. yesterday because Ron Rivera said Christian McCaffrey might get 200 carries right and they were like that's a big workload that's a big workload but but like okay do you know who led the league in rushing attempts last year Le'Veon Bell 321 rushes Mm. so yeah 200 rushes is in the Isaiah Crowell Jonathan Stewart range of Carolina Panthers and I would expect him to get 200 carries how does this impact the Le'Veon's future I don't think Le'Veon's coming back to Pittsburgh no matter what people need to realize he cannot negotiate his contract the franchise tag deadline has passed it's over but I don't think there's a chance he goes back to Pittsburgh next year. And I know I heard Jeff Schwartz talk about there's no teams with money. Cleveland's going to have money, and the Jets are going to have money. And yeah. I could see both of those teams going after Le'Veon. Bell. I, I, I do, too. I could see a lot of teams going after him. I do I, think— Can you see Todd Haley going after Le'Veon of Bell course, in Cleveland? right. I mean, everybody's going to love a Todd. I mean, a, a Le'Veon Bell in their offense just because he, he is so versatile in the pass game, run game. He doesn't really fumble the football. He can run with power when you want. So he's going to fit in just about any offense. Um, The big thing is, I think, with Le'Veon Bell in this conversation is I do think it takes away his leverage. 
It does. Like, if you want, Le'Veon Bell can't ask for $17.5 million anymore. There's a guy here that's younger and more explosive who has better mm. stats than you, and he just settled for a hair under $15 million a year. And I think that's really going to hurt Le'Veon Bell's prowess or uh, asking abilities with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So a lot of people saw this deal and said, Le'Veon was right. They should get paid a lot. This will help Le'Veon. You're saying because Gurley is, in your mind, better and younger, this actually hurts Le'Veon from getting that 17 and he might have to live in that 14, 15 right. world. Exactly. Does Le'Veon right. get to make the argument, though, that he's a wide receiver as well? Well, Gurley has I led his team in same, receiving yeah, he, more than, than Le'Veon Bell. He was so, the leading receiver for the Rams. Right. Last that's year. where I just. 64 catches you know what last I mean? Year. Right. Yeah, Le'Veon had 90 something. Yes, so it's a different is, thing. You're yeah. right. It, it, Le'Veon was in the past game is asked to do a little bit, maybe I'll say more. Uh, overall, conceptually wise, right? He mm. probably runs a different variety I'm of routes. I'm just trying to get to you this but, point, though. Yeah. You're the first person I've heard say that this hurts Le'Veon Bell. I do, because everything I've heard, he's asking for 17 to $18 million a year because he's a running back receiver get, combined. And I'm saying, here's another guy out here that does everything you do and is in an offense that knows how to utilize him, too. And he did it better than you. And I don't think you can ask for more money than him because he's three years younger. He hasn't been banged up as much as you. Uh and because of that, I think, yes, it does hurt Gurley's, t- I mean, Le'Veon Bell's total asking price. I do. Interesting. Yeah. I think the other question that it made me raise. Would he accept, my question is, if they offered him $45 million guaranteed, because we have never heard thing. that, we, would we he heard take Le'Veon that? We heard Le'Veon offer 10 Right, exactly. We've only heard 10 guaranteed. We've heard 30 over the first two All years. I, the comments that I saw, because what's, what's turning now is the NFL is finally allowing, is finally embracing social media. Mm-hmm. Things like the check down and the NFL posts. And NFL players are starting to comment. And NFL players are speaking truth. Chris Johnson got underneath and said it's finally time to pay the running back and yep. all that. Did and you I, show him the Bleacher Report post? No. Bleacher Report had one with like Le'Veon Bell acting like Cardi B. You're not going to understand the meme at all, but being like, uh, my team says like you should pay me now like for Le'Veon Bell is really funny I know Cardi B, Odell but yeah. and Le'Veon right. commented but the real thing was is a lot of the comments were get those guarantees like AB was like get those guarantees again I think that Kirk Cousins started this yeah. and I think Gurley getting 45 million I think it always comes down to the guarantees I think that's so. what we've told the fans for years that's right it's really Screw the contract the totals right only the guaranteed matters. His contract is a four-year, $45 million contract, basically. That's what yeah. it is, right? So it's really like 11. Yeah, and you get that, too, and you go, okay, and if you're a running back and you put yourself in their shoes and you go, damn, this this position I'm playing right here, I got people hitting me from every angle. I can't yeah. see all of them, all of it. It's dangerous. Uh, I think a lot of them will maybe buckle like Gurley could have got more than this next year. I was going to so, say when the NBA a, contracts when the NBA contracts were coming out and Chris Paul got something like 160 million at 36 years old with chronic injury problems. Like that's where the NBA is. That's crazy. Fucking Kevin Love got 4 years 120 million dollars. He's not one of the 30 best players in the NBA and yet we're asking we're pissed off about Odell Beckham Jr who's arguably the best player in our getting league. Eight. He's getting 8 and how dare he ask for more? That's where again I know we say it all the time. But I just to don't that, get it. Gurley commented under an NBA post, "These guys are getting 160 million. I'm just trying to get 80." Yeah. The truth is, he took 45 Right. So Gurley is showing you, even in his mind, I'm just trying to get 80. I'll take half of what I want just because I can't believe you're giving me guaranteed money. Mm-hmm. The other guy that it made me ask a lot of questions, the Rams have now gone out and they've paid Brandon Cooks. Yeah. They've now pre- paid um, Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley. 
Aaron Donald is officially holding out for the second offseason. Right. And everyone's telling me how valuable it is. He's the defensive player of the year. He's arguably the best player on that team. How are they doing this with Aaron Donald still being there, not having a contract? Is this hurting his money? It kind of has to, right? I mean, you would think so. But what we really don't know is exactly how a lot of these contracts are truly orchestrated, what years the money is spread around exactly in. Yeah. So where they can always find creative ways. The salary cap is continuing to go up. We also have to continue to learn as fans like, like you Cooks, and I, we I have saw, to digest that the contracts are going to be bigger than what we're used to. I saw the Cooks contract. But, he's getting 27.9 in his second year. Right. In his first year, he's barely getting anything. Yes, yes. So like they've uploaded that second year. But I just think Aaron Donald now going to hold out again. He's the one that I'm most afraid of. That's what I said on Monday show. I think I, mean, I think right. o- I think Odell gets his money. I think Khalil Mack gets his money. Aaron Donald's the one that I'm going. I think he's going to be the most upset. I really do. He, I, I do. I mean, he will be if he doesn't, and he has every right to be, especially when you give a guy like Andama Kansu has done nothing for the team. He gave him $14.5 million guaranteed in the first year. If Fendrick got a big contract and they announced it, and I got a big contract and they announced it, and you weren't getting a new deal, yes. and it was said, my name is Sims and Sims and Lefko, right. it's going to upset you. Yeah, it, I, this has to rub Aaron Donald the wrong way. I, I'm sure it does. There's no doubt about it. Seeing Cook, seeing this, it's got to rub him the wrong way, but also you know who knows what they've told his agent or him at this point right. anyway so he might be feeling okay we're kind of close we're going to get it i think that deal will get done you i do. really do yes i do just because um i think mcveigh and wade phillips understand what kind of a special player this guy is and they will continue to put pressure on the front office to make sure it gets done and it's and also what we're seeing is Cronky and everything they're going for it they're trying to win super bowl they, they sure they're trying to win like over it. la and this will be a big part of it i'm a firm believer after uh i've realized the nfl windows are so small it kind of makes sense to go all in in your tight two to three year window before the rookie quarterbacks get their big deal yes. It just does. Uh, The one guy that's also upset right now, Julio Jones. Want to talk about a guy that might really sit. All the cards are aligning right now. I'm so proud of him because I didn't think he would do this. You didn't think so? No. You thought he was going to be quiet Julio that always played by the rules. Johnny team guy. Skipping training camp, uh, risking $40,000 in fines per day. Which Which will never happen. That's a thing. Everyone always makes it seem like the players are going to lose the money. If you want to upset the players even more, make them actually pay those fines. Never happens. To those type of guys, guys, the franchise type players that are in this situation, the team doesn't ever cut. Hey, here's a uh, $50 million guaranteed. By the way, uh, you've missed the last 30 days of practice, so can you pay us back a million of that right yeah, now? Can you that, pay us back that yeah. 617000 Good luck, Good yeah. luck doing that with an NFL football player. See how like pissed off you'll make him. Arthur Blank did come out and say he's going to be a Falcon for life, but that's easy to say because he's kind of not in those negotiations. Yeah. But you saw the Thomas Dimitrov Dan Quinn extensions and went, what the fuck? Well, it just bothers me. I mean, yeah, Thomas Dimitrov and Dan Quinn get extended what? Three-year extensions. Three, right. So they get extended. Um, nobody ever says anything about that. No big deal. I mean, let me just put it this way. Dan Quinn, I like the guy a lot. I have respect for him. At no point has he been in the conversation for one of the three or five best coaches in football. Zero. At no point. At ever, 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 ever. And Julio Jones has been that every year he's been in the NFL. Dan Quinn and Thomas Dimitrov had 
Oh, wait, let me just check. Oh, two years left on their deal. How dare Julio ask for a new deal with three years left mm. on his deal, even though he's still one of the three best receivers in football. So that's what drives me crazy. Again, the hypocrisy of this, you know, oh, uh, here's a man, upper management. He's a white collar guy. We're going to let him get paid and get a new contract. But hey, you blue collar guy who's putting everything on the line and, and, and limps into every game uh, every week because we abuse you and try to throw you 9 million balls every game and you can barely practice and then you come out on Sunday and still ball out. How, no, we can't pay you. We can't do that. Sorry. That's Is there crazy. any way that Thomas Dimitrov negotiating his own extension, it's part of the reason he hasn't been able to negotiate Julio Jones? No, I, I don't think so it's because he has, an, he has an agent too. Okay. And, and that agent will deal and, and him will deal with a, a, a Arthur Blank and yeah. when they're sipping on red wine and so those kind of environments. You're, you're proud of Julio. I really am. This How is the kind of shit last? we need to see. How long could this last? Man, I hope he makes it last until he gets paid. I really do. I don't know what like they're Cam going Chancellor to do. Type of thing. Yeah, they're camped or Gronkowski thing where they're going to go, you know, okay, we'll throw you an extra signing bonus this year and we'll revisit next year. Something like right. that. In the end of the day, I think Envision, that's what happens. Give them extra cash They now. find something to give them a little extra right now and then they revisit it when the season's over. How and many I, games did Cam miss? Cam missed, two. I think, the first two, right? Two. And their offense was all. Their defense was really bad. Yes, they got burned by that one Tyler Eifert play that like twice. Remember, it was like a stop in the yes. middle, and then he went and they over went the, the top. Middle. Yeah, right, exactly. Which was right. like they attacked Cam's position. They did. Falcons go Philly, Carolina, New Orleans, Cincinnati to open the season. Philly, Carolina, New Orleans, Cincinnati. Holy Man, crap! That's brutal. I mean, that's look, brutal. You're, you're facing a team that you might be trying to face against for home field advantage, and then two NFC South opponents, Carolina and, then and Cincinnati Atlanta. with uh, their corners and stuff. I mean. And then Pittsburgh week five. Oh my gosh, that's a brutal schedule, yeah. And not only that, we also need to admit, Steve Sarkeesian, if he doesn't have Julio, he's not the most elaborate play caller in the world. No. They, that offense could start off really slow if they yeah, don't have Julio. And, and, and they lost Benjamin. Right. So it's going to be Muhammad Sanu and Calvin Ridley. I, I think it's... It, I would be concerned just because, I, you know... I would be shocked if we didn't see the flaws of Matt Ryan more if Julio Jones isn't there. Uh, you know, again, Matt Ryan, I know we're going to get to this list in a minute, but he is not uh, top five quarterback material. I think a lot of people put him in that conversation because of stats and things like mm. that. And I just don't see it that way. Uh, a little bit of injuries are already starting to trickle out. Again, uh, my my big prediction is that by the end of this week into next week, unfortunately, there's going to be anywhere between 6 and 10 ACL injuries, ACL epidemic. It happens every year. Uh, but Sam Beal, the uh, cornerback that they drafted, the Giants did out of Central Michigan or Western Michigan, yeah. I think it was, in the uh, com- third round of the supplemental, supplemental draft. draft right. he, shoulder injury out for the season. Uh, Browns lose Ricardo Lewis, who I think is a very good young wide receiver. Yep. He was the one that caught that miracle for Auburn when he was in college. He's out for the year. That's a big loss. I mean, so much so that apparently the Browns are eyeing Des Bryant. Right. You also mentioned, hey, look, they lose Ricardo Lewis. Josh Gordon is mysteriously stepping I, away. I don't know how you can just sit there and depend on Josh Gordon. I'm, I'm, I'm saying this in all seriousness. Like, I'm rooting for Josh Gordon. I want him to kick ass of and course. do all that. I'm just saying, if I'm running the Cleveland Browns, I'm not putting all 
my eggs in the, oh, I can depend on Josh Gordon what you, uh, basket. With the injury to Ricardo Lewis and the question marks around Josh Gordon, what do you think about Des Bryant as another guy out there with Jarvis Landry and Corey Coleman for the Browns? Yeah, I, I do think it could work there. Certainly in the Todd Haley offense, they could find a similar Juju Smith-Schuster role, which oddly enough, Juju, remember, I actually compared him to Des Bryant when he was coming mm. out. But um, yeah, I, I do think that could be a place where... He would fit in. He's going to fit within that offense. And uh, I can see. from a team perspective? Because that's always the question. Well, with I Des. know that's going to be the big question with Des. I, I, I don't think it, he's as bad as what people make him I out to be. I actually think it would be great to have his energy up there. Uh, it could Look, be. Look, Landry and Tyrod are already bringing that, that energy that we're going to win. Des has won. You know, yes. they've, he's been on a lot of teams that have gone to the playoffs. He's had some big catches, at least some that should have been catches. Yes. But I actually think his energy would be pretty good for the Browns. I, I don't. I don't disagree. I mean, uh, again, other than Jarvis Landry, he's really the only guy that you can go. I can depend on him right now. Who, who mm. else? On that? I know Corey Coleman's got potential, but again, these are all the reasons. Uh, it's just too many unknowns right now. And Des Bryant is a known. We do know one thing about Des Bryant. He's got great strength. Yes, he can catch contested footballs. Yes, he can, and he ain't afraid to compete. Right, and there is something about that to add attitude to a football team. I I think he's actually a good fit up there. I, I don't disagree at all. I think Todd Haley can handle him. I think a Tyrod Taylor with a Des Bryant will work too. And he's and you know added to your point, which is spot on about he's used to winning the Cowboy culture. That's what I would give them credit for yes, too. You're always. under the microscope there. I mean, you are the king of Dallas and the king of Texas, and every game is like a playoff game for the Dallas Cowboys. They expect to win and they expect to be in the playoffs and and be a contender. All right, let's get Big Phil on the phone. We'll dive into these quarterback tiers and get into these running backs. But the quarterback tiers, uh, you already got Dan Patrick calling you up this morning. Yeah. You have become the quarterback ranking guru. Whenever rankings come out, yeah. Well, what does Chris say? What does Sims say? Get Chris Sims on the phone. Sims 70, it is a fact. I'm excited to hear Dad's voice. He's probably like, what? They're calling a minute early. Hey. Hey. Adam. Son. Yes. What are we doing? Uh, just collecting checks over here. Yeah. Bleacher collecting Report. checks, man. Oh, man. No, no. That's what you're stealing checks. Oh. Is it okay that we called you a minute early, Phil? You know, I, I, I'm really, I got to get over it. Y'all must have done something. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I was getting ready to rip your ass for calling me late, <laughs> and then you called me early. It's because so, I'm here today, Phil. I keep things know, on time. Of course, you know today, Adam, is uh, Christopher's anniversary, right? I did not know oh, that. Thank you, Dad. That's nice. Yep, it's his wow. anniversary and everything. I'm sure he's just going to just, you know him. He's going to – well, you do know him. <laughs> when Flowers. I go to his house, you know my son would sit on a couch and starve before he gets up and fixes a plate to eat food. you know that? Yeah, uh, tell him, Dad. Tell him. I'm like, he, yeah. he says I remind him of his dad. Yeah, my dad could be one inch from the refrigerator – sitting at the table, maybe playing cards or whatever. My mom would be at the other end of the house. He'd go, hey, boom, you know, whatever. I, I'm not going to say what he used to call her. And she'd come march in. He goes, hey, how, how about getting me a beer out of the refrigerator? And I just used to look at him going, damn, you could have just turned around, opened the door, and got it. My family <laughs> makes fun of me because when we're at um, even like uh, any holiday or even this past week we were in Jackson Hole and we yeah. had these excursions. Ooh, Yellowstone. When we have like the picnic – or anything, my wife makes my plate. Yeah. That's part of the deal. I mean, that's what Phil, she does. You, you that's part of the deal. Yeah. Hell, you know, it's going to change, though, brother. I don't know if it will, you know, for you, 
because I've always kind of cooked and grilled. Yes, and yeah, you're a big grill. I love it. Every night, this is how it goes, Adam. I'll say to my wife, what are we having for dinner? Well, I, I haven't thought about it. Um, <sighs> what do you think? What do you think? You, you want to make something? You want to go out? Uh, it's amazing. I mean, for, for at least the last 20, since she turned 50, she said, I'm done. Yeah, she Good did. Well, it's funny that you guys brought up family, because on Monday's show, a new character was born that the fans are just loving. Barbara. Chicken head ripping off Barbara. I was telling some Grandma Sims stories, Dad. So, Phil, what's really oh cool is Christopher and me, both we both have a grandmom named Barbara. And they oh, both okay. they, they both sound pretty similar. So this is your mom. And I, if you could just take us into to some memories of, of her ripping some heads off chickens, I, I'd love to kind of start our, our little interview okay, with you. Okay, here we go. I'll make it quick. Of course, we lived on a farm. I had There's five boys, three girls. Uh, we would all be out in the yard before dinner time or, you know, that time you get a break, whatever. It's after school. We would be playing baseball or something, some type of game. And my mom would walk out in the yard and hear, tick, tick, tick. Grab a chicken, throw it, put it down, put a broomstick over its neck, grab his feet, and pull the head off. Yes. She could do either way. Did it make a sound? No, it doesn't. It happens Mm. really quick. And if it makes a sound, and she'd go, all right, when the the chicken quits uh, jumping around, one of you throw it in a hot tub of water over there and pluck it and then bring it in. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it is the grossest thing to pluck a chicken. Oh, my God. <laughs> so you, how many chickens do you think you've plucked in your life? Well, you know, look, I was a really young boy. So okay. when I had to do it, it was, man, it was rough. I mean, so I would probably help one of my other brothers, but not a lot, because it, that was for the for my older brother and okay. sister to do. But my grandmother, who, you know, What's her had name? experience, she would walk out in the yard and go, ticket, she'd grab one. And just grab it by the head and shake it, and just that's it. All the way. <laughs> she I would mean, just shake the would, head off. <laughs> she she just shake it, just jerk it real quick, and the head came right off. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, you didn't know these things about the. Yeah, hey, look. The great, the greatest moment in my life is not when we won the Super Bowl. It's the day we moved off that farm, and I was young, <laughs> so that's all I know. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, but so I'm sure. It's not about what Christopher's going to do for his anniversary. It's about what his wife's going to do for him. That's, that's what we got going. Yeah, so we'll we find go. out later. We'll see. <laughs> yep. Chris is a tier two husband, and, and Danielle's a tier one wife. So <laughs> no, let's no, get he's into. He's not a tier two husband. Come on, brother. No, well, okay. he works hard. He's not afraid to work, so that'll make him a tier two. Okay. I love right. talking about Chris right in front of Chris. <laughs> All right, so ESPN released their tiers in oh which. Oh, my God. Did they really? Yeah, they did, Phil. Well, you know, let's, let's make up another. You know, before we get going. This top 100 list of players, who votes on that? Phil, would you like to know why these companies do these things? Yes, I do. I know okay. why. Oh, do you do they, know why? They, they have no imagination. They don't know what to talk about. So let's make up a list and argue about it and stand up and scream. It makes no sense, but it doesn't matter. Exactly. Go ahead. Well, well, ESPN, they had voters, 10 general managers, 5 head coaches, 10 coordinators, 10 senior personnel executives, 5 QB coaches, and 10 other jobs. And there were only 4 quarterbacks that came in Tier 1. And they listed Tier 1 as this. A Tier 1 quarterback can carry his team each week. The team wins because of him. He expertly handles pure passing situations. And they named them Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, and Big Ben. What are your thoughts on that? Right. Hard to argue with all of it. I don't know if Drew Brees, 
yeah, he can carry the team just because it's so well designed and what they do. But physically, he's not going to just you know do it on the physical end, which the other ones can. Um, so, but I'm not going to argue. Look, he's going to go down with all the records when it comes to throwing. Uh, you want me to gripe about a few that should be in that art? That well, group? here, I'll, I'll well, give you the you, jump off. Do you spot. want me to read what they said about Breeze? Yeah. Like as the oh, description? Yeah. Let's read the, descri- so here, the description. So a secondary coach said, look at third down. New Orleans has been number one or close to it every year, and that is when you have to throw people open, tight windows, defense coming to get you. And OC said, the guy is dominant. He is a one. He can throw to win. If they had, if they had any defense for the last five years, we wouldn't even be questioning him. He'd have won another Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm not going to disagree with a lot of that. He... I thought they did. Their defense did come around for them last year as as well as it could. Should be better this year, and you know they're great on third down. They're they got great imagination. He really can find receivers, and I've said this many times about him because every quarterback that comes out, Russell Wilson, you know uh, Baker Mayfield, he could be the next Drew Brees. I right. just go, no, they're not. No, they're not. Not going to be close. Not the same type of player. And what do we say, Christopher? Drew Brees is the tallest six-foot quarterback that you'll see in the NFL. Broad right. shoulders, long arms, big hands, and really athletic. That's what, you know, I don't know what, what people watch, but he's got tremendous feet. Yes, and, you know, he can move around and make some odd throws, too. So, and, the, and the imagination. And Sean Payton is awesome. Call, play caller. Thing and has tons and tons of things to do on third down. So his next quarterback, trust me, is going to put up unbelievable numbers when Drew Brees retires. Yeah, right. That, that's where I would push back on uh, the Drew Brees thing. I mean, first of all, I, I always go back to my 2015 year. Drew Brees couldn't play. Carolina Panthers were the best team in football. Drew Brees doesn't play. Josh McCown, Luke McCown plays. Not Josh McCown, Luke McCown plays. Yeah. He goes into Carolina and throws for 335 yards, hasn't played in three years, but runs that offense, and you go, damn, the offense looks just like it does with Drew Brees. So well, yep. the they offense, lost the game. They right. lost the game with Josh, Josh Norman made an Norman amazing one hand. Great interception right. in the end zone on right. a last play ditch, whatever. Exactly. But so, I, but I think at the time, yeah. one time during the game, McCown was twenty of twenty-one yep. or or twenty-one of twenty-two. Right. And I just go, oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah I think he finished twenty-one of twenty-three. I don't know what does. So that's where it bothers me because, and, yep. and, and to, to this, the people who voted on this list, we don't know who made those comments either. Right. But if they're executives, executives, those was an OC and a, a DB coach. Okay, okay. So that's that's fine. I'll give it a little more credence. I then. feel like your yeah. issue is the tier two guys that were below. Well, my, let me just finish with him. The first thing with Drew Brees too. The other thing too. The Saints have told us he's not a tier one receiver quarterback. The Saints told us. Oh, we were going to draft Patrick Mahomes. Oh, yep. he's a tier one quarterback. Then. We're going to become a running football team and have the best O-line in football. Oh, yeah, he's a tier one quarterback. So uh, they don't. I believe Sean Payton. He doesn't think he's a tier one. He might have been for a long time, but he's 39. He's really awesome, and he can still win a Super Bowl. But to say he's the third best quarterback in the league, I don't care who voted on us. They're wrong. Who are the guys that you're upset so, that are behind us? All right, so I, I... We know your list, the Sims 70 official well, list. Well, I, I just look at... This is where... 
I, I don't know where dad would agree with this or not, but like Drew Brees at three, Roethlisberger at four, Matt Ryan at five, all phenomenal players. I'm not trying to discredit anything they do. But Brees and Roethlisberger are up there in age. And I would displace those three with a Wilson, Stafford, and Carson Wentz, and they would be tier one quarterbacks for me in my book. I mean, Carson Wentz, Russell Wilson, and Matthew Stafford can carry their team with their physical ability better than Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger can at this point of their career. Uh, that's, that's what I would argue with that. Um, I'd like to disagree, but... Ooh. Yeah, I can't. I mean, you know, people, I, I had this argument with somebody last night. I was thrown with a really kid. I'll tell Christopher later, and he can tell you, Adam. But okay. very talented, college quarterback, Division One, and all that. We were talking about guys. And I said, man, Matthew Stafford. And one of the kids that was there said something. I said, man, Matthew Stafford has saved more coaches' jobs and given them, given them extra years and whatever and made Detroit somewhat relevant just because he is truly athletically, physically, whatever, phenomenal. Not He's not good. He's phenomenal. And you, all the, you know, oh, the comeback wins, I don't know how they do that. Some of them are so bull. Oh, they had a comeback win. They were down three and they kicked a field goal or something. They win. I don't know. That counts as a, com- a comeback win if you do it with 11 minutes and 50 seconds to go in the fourth quarter. I think that's how they do it. Yeah, they do. But Matthew Stafford, he does it on true do-or-die last-minute things in games. The year before was incredible. And, hey, look, played hurt at the end of that year, everything in the playoffs, in the playoff game. And um, he's right. Carson Wentz would absolutely be a Tier 1 quarterback. It depends on how we're doing this. But since he got, he got hurt – now it's hard to put him in that. If you watch the Philadelphia Eagles last year, I heard somebody on TV this morning go, well, Carson Wentz has an okay arm. And I just want to go, what? You must not watch the game. Of course, I know they don't know. They don't yeah. follow football like we do. If you want to see Carson Wentz Wentz's arm, it, the old saying, he go can watch throw the it through a game. brick wall. He can throw it to the car wash without getting it wet. Let's get them all out there. He can put steam on it and make those four and five throws that decide wins and losses in many, many games. Right. And a Russell Wilson, what, what, come on, what do we got to say? Mm-hmm. He says it all with his actions almost every single week. That's right. He's, he's unbelievable. This is where I'll, I'll just, and, and again, it might sound like I'm being a semi-hater here, but I'm just going to follow me down this road. Just, this is, I'm just laying this out there for the public, whoever listens to the Sims and Left Goal podcast. Listen, again, Matthew Stafford, tell me who – on his team that's been a special player over the years, other than Calvin Johnson. Name me a really good defensive player that's special. Like, I mean, Indomitian Sue. Okay, there you go. The Early names career. that come to mind are Indomitian Sue, yep. Darius Slay. Uh, I don't no, know no, if no, there's... No, 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 come on, come on, come on, come on. Slow it, down it, there, brother. It's really just two. It's Calvin Johnson and Indomitian Sue. But yeah. people so you're not, like, like going to say that Golden Tate, Marvin Jones, they're good, but no, but this is They're just solid being, players. They're solid Adam, players. They're not stars. They're not playing devil's advocate, guys. They're not different makers in games. They don't go out and win. People... Golden Tate's not getting double teamed. Exactly. And and, and he hasn't had a 100-yard rusher on his team since a 100-yard rusher game from a running back since 2013. Yes. He's never had a 1,000-yard rusher. And then here's the other th- – this is going to sound like I'm a Tom Brady hater, and I'm not. But I'm just going to – this is our facts of the matter. People act like Tom Brady's up there doing it by himself. And I want to go, okay, it's greatest coach of all time, yeah. greatest tight end in the history of the sport. 
Oh, Randy Moss, the second greatest receiver in the history of the sport, was also Maybe there. Maybe the greatest offensive line coach. The greatest the... slot receiver we've seen in modern-day football. We Richard Seymour, Vince Wilfork, Ty Law. It's Hall of Famers. You mentioned McDaniels. Um, McDaniels, you go through it. So that's where I just push back against it, where people just look at the bottom line, and there's no context with it at times. Well, so, listen, you know, who are we talking about? We're talking about people that just, you know, I watch all the shows every day, one for one reason. I like to get my blood pressure pressure boiling before I walk out of the house, you know, so it really gets me fired up. And, you know, oh, Tom Brady's up there doing it by himself. Yeah, that's the big thing. Oh, because he doesn't have Julio Jones. But we forget the running backs, the system, everything that goes with it. But listen, I'm ranking this in a different way or whatever. I still, without question, make him, I would put him number one in the in this quarterback thing because I know Aaron Rodgers is physically more gifted right but Tom Brady these past this past year I this I'm just this is crazy I just just got done watching one of their games because I was trying to take some shots to show them the kids how I want them to throw the ball right and you know this past year he got hit a lot he did and he moved around and his feet he might be the slowest guy in the NFL but his feet are four foot. They're four point four. Yeah, you right. Know? I mean, right. he really has tremendous foot movement to throw the football, and he's he might be the best at it. All right, now, I want to read. I want to read some quotes about the four guys that you were just talking about: Brady, Wilson, Stafford, and Wentz. And I want a level of one to ten how much it upsets you in terms of what you're hearing. Ten the most uh, upset. Ten the most upset. One the least upset. I don't need a whole like soliloquy. And just what yeah, dad what dad just said there too. I mean, it is amazing with Brady. Brady's feet. Well, Brady's been uh, like we've we've said a million times. Brady's been better the last two years to me than he was in 2010, yeah. 11, and 12. Yeah, And that's what I think is unbelievable about it. Here is a quote from a defensive coordinator about Tom Brady. Bill Belichick is an outstanding coach. If if Brady is not quarterbacking, then Belichick is like the rest of us trying to get our shit together. Brady is a special dude. He understands going back to college, he has to compete for everything all the time. That's what makes him great. Level of 1 to 10. I mean, I, th- I, w- I would probably give nine. Like that's just that's yeah, a I'm up there stu- at eight. That's a I mean, stupid this comment. Coach, he he's full of it. He's and, he's mad know. at Bill Belichick because he's been getting his ass beat by Bill. That's that's what I look at when I hear comments like that. I go, oh, he's a hater. Oh, he's got Tom Brady's quarterback. That's yeah, that's why he wins. wins. I hear oh, this yeah, from, that's right. That's I hear it. this from coaches all the time. Yeah, Dad and I both do. Oh, he's got Tom Brady. Oh, okay, great. That's great. They're fourteen and six without him. They would have gone four and zero if Garoppolo didn't get hurt. I mean, they, yeah, I mean, they had to get they won a game with Jacoby Brissett to play a game. With one hand, and they handed it off and basically said, okay, let's just lose the game. We're 3-1. and one. The AFC yeah. stinks, and we'll still get through this. All yeah, right, so this again, one... we're not trying to sound like Tom Brady haters. I just, yeah. I'm just trying to – But let this... me give you an argument. Here's one of my other arguments yeah. with you guys. Right. I, I think Ben Roethlisberger is tier one without question. Okay. I don't care if it's age or what. Okay. The man, he's, he's a baseball pitcher that has every pitch. Yeah, right. And he has the home run pitch, and he can strike him out with the fastball. He can throw. He is the, in the league. He's still the best deep thrower in the NFL. Yeah, he has great touch, and you know when he needs to step on it, he can, and he moves around just enough, and all those things. And his, what's his probably his biggest downfall? 
man, he just he, there's just no fear, and he's yeah, not afraid right. to lose because yep. he will throw the pass that will lose the game, and he'll just shrug it off, baby. Yeah, I, I got no problem with him being in tier one either. I don't have no, a problem just with above it. the other guys. above the other guys. I don't think that's All right. right. Here's Matt Stafford, level one to ten. How much this upsets you? This is from oh, a coordinator. Boy. He is so talented, but here's my issue. They should have been scoring lots of points, and they never did. It falls on him. He is a one talent, but between a two and three performer. He's got to be more disciplined, but sometimes he freelances, and it takes him a while to get back. Then if it's late in the game, and and the coverage gets generic, it's like, boom, he gets hot. Level one one through ten, how much does that upset you? That's a a 12 plus for me. I mean, it's like a 10 for me, too. I want to talk to this idiot. (laughs) Yeah. What what the hell is he watching? Right, listen, I watch every one of these games, and you know that, Adam. And I don't ever – I just – it's hard to find bad games that he plays. And he just – we see, the thing about football, see, I, I need to say it every year, and he said every week. People just go by the stats and this and that, and you have to see the circumstances which he plays under. And then once you kind of really just go, wow, that was an unbelievable play. Who could have made that in the NFL? Maybe three other guys. Yeah. And you, you go through a game, and all of a sudden you go, the only reason they had a chance to win was him. Yeah. And all those things you said, I, I almost disagree with all, all of them. The defense is generic. He'll pick you apart. Oh, my God. That's, that's, it's frustrating, it's so, right? It's so silly. All right. God, here's, it, silly. It just... Come on, you. It, it, you know what they all they are saying? That, well, we can't give him any credit. They haven't won a Super Bowl yet and whatever. But – my son said it right. Name me the teams and the guys he's played with where you go, oh, man, they should have gone to the Super Bowl. The mm-hmm. offensive line always seems to be a problem. They can't run the ball, and they've never had an elite pass rusher. And Dominic Sue's a great inside player, but he doesn't sack the quarterback and disrupt the game like, you know, deep like pass Von Miller do or Khalil Mack. Right, right. So that would be yeah. my other one. Yeah. He's I, chronically undervalued. It's, it's insane. I, I, the thing that you realize when you read quotes like this, and I already knew this, but I hope like our listeners are listening to this, is how many clueless people there are that are working in the NFL. Like we've been telling you for a long time. Yeah, there, there's a there's a handful of them, and bias falls into it. Like we've always talked about. Here's a good one. This uh, is I mean, Carson. Come on, wait, in tier two, all these guys you talk about, we got Jimmy Garoppolo in tier two after right. a few games, right? You know, that that's ridiculous. I mean, it really is. Here's is. Carson Wentz. This is from a voter that put Wentz in Tier 3, okay? Quote, he was slightly above average as a rookie. He played 12 games and a part of a 13th game last year. With all these guys, we should ask, what would they be with an average supporting cast, average coaching, average defense, and average kicking game? Remember how excited people were about Derek Carr? These young guys should be slow to ascend. What's the rush? Well, one, you know, one through ten. What I do don't you know think? if I see you to see anymore. Let's see. He's big. He's fast. He makes incredible throws. He's a he won good games. Maker. He won games early in the year and here's by the thing. himself. He did by have himself. an he did I have mean, an average was, supporting cast, an average coaching, an average but defense. They won an the average Super Bowl, game. and they're not average anymore. That's it's again. It's just it's this weird thing. Cars. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what. Hey, wait, wait, look. He single handedly won games for him last year. Yes, and he was the only reason they were look, winning. When he was early a rookie. On. He did more. That was not a good team. They were a little bit in disarray. You know, everybody's wondering, can Doug Peterson really be the head coach yeah. and all that? And now he took he's a, a lot genius. of hits. 
and I did one of his games late in the year, and I watched him, and I said, man, I know where he is at right now. It was in Seattle. They're playing out there. It's cold. It's just not yep. a great day. And he didn't throw the ball well. He missed some guys and stuff like that. And you know why? He was physically and mentally exhausted right. from being the starting quarterback as a rookie and getting hit, moving around late in the year. That's when it comes. I Hey, my rookie year, we had three games ago, and I remember thinking, oh, my God, I don't care if we win or lose. I just want to get out of this mm. and because it's, it's brutal. It's brutal. It's and the thing that frustrates he was, me. He was experienced. He did take a lot of hits, and um, I know his arm kind of wore out on him a little his rookie year. But one year uh, uh, maturing, we saw who he truly was last year. The thing that frustrates me, and I hear it in both of your voices, is we can go, these are dumb, these GMs and coordinators must not be paying attention, this is crazy. But for all of the fans that grew up like myself, that relied and saw, oh, this is 10 GMs and 5 OCs, I, I'm going to take these statistics if I'm a young person, and I'm going to go, this is, must be how the NFL sees it, and I I'm going to trust this. Yeah, I know. And, I, and I think that there's a lot of young people or people that are, are trying to, to like look at the NFL, and they're just being misguided. And, and these insights, these things that I read about how Eli Manning, a GM, says, I have a gut feeling that, like his brother, he'll play another three years, play well, and ride out. But what's that Peyton mean? Manning was awful in his last year. Yeah. And the, I don't understand what these people are watching and what they're saying but I really feel like they're doing young fans a disservice, and I know it's subjective, and people would say that your rankings are freaking crazy, but I know that you guys are watching every throw and every play and know what these guys are capable of, it's and they hard- can understand OCs and play dynamic and stuff like that. It's well, hard for to, to argue, right, because a lot of these guys are, yeah, they have an NFL thing, they're here and there, blah, blah, blah. they got an NFL card with a fancy emblem, and my name's on here, and I know a lot about football. I talk about this with all my coach friends and people I know in the NFL, and I know I've said it to you before. The NFL is as polluted and as political as ever before. There's more unqualified. There's more unqualified people coaching and working in front offices than ever because it's become so popular, such big business that people that are not qualified have weaseled themselves into organizations through connections of people they know instead of what they know about the actual sport. And then they, when they get some of these jobs, they basically do their best to just never expose themselves and how little they actually know. And that's really one of the big problems in the NFL. And it's why we see always the same group of teams basically towards the top of the NFL. NFL because yep. there's only a handful of smart people that really get the whole clue of the, the NFL and the big picture, and that's why they're always successful. That would be my little stint there. No, you you are – it's a great speech, and you are right. And, you know, the thing that – all these things that – you know, I, I just hate it. You know, I just hate it when people – and, again, it's the New England thing. But look what they've built, the culture, the players. And I'm not – just taking just this one example, but James Harrison, all those right. years, he walks in there and he just knew right away, oh, this place is different. And you, you know, when I went and did games, I always just go, there's nobody like this team. Nobody practices like them. Nobody's as organized as them. Yeah. I mean, nobody. Right. And practice was real. And I could feel the pressure and the tension out there. Right. And I'd be standing next to Bill Belichick, and he'd go, hold on a minute. He'd walk away and just 
get your left hand on his right shoulder, and that's all you I'm thinking, man, that is the most detailed, detailed thing that you could ever do. But, man, it just tore him up. And he had to just – then he came back and, you know – would start twirling his whistle and then rip the guy. Oh, so it's great, but their culture and and here's the other thing: great coaches, Bill Walsh, Bill Parcells, they didn't get lucky. Uh, and the same with Bill Belichick, and there's other ones too. But look at their coaching staffs. They know how to pick assistant coaches. Right. They set the culture. You know, Adam, they make the environment so great that the assistant coach can now go, has the attention of his players, and he can coach them. And really, it's, but it takes the head coach to make them toe the line. And I'm going to tell this story. Christopher, you know Pat Hodson. Yep. Okay. He was our receiver coach of the Giants, Adam, for many years. Then he went to the Jets with Bill Parcells. I think he was tight end coach over there. So I'm down visiting Pat down in he's in um, uh, shoot where Georgia plays. I can't think of the town off the Athens, head. Georgia. Athens, Georgia. Thank you. Right. And I'm visiting there. I'm going to speak at a luncheon one afternoon. So I'm down there for a few days, and we're having dinner. And we, of course, we start talking about the Giants. He starts talking about Bill Parcells. He goes, Sims. You think you had it hard. How do you think he treated us coaches? And I go, Pat, I know. He was brutal on the coaches. He started just saying all these things and bad mouth him and this and that. And I was just going, man, there's some venom coming out of here. It was great. It was great. I was laughing. I'm going, dang, Pat. And he goes, but you know what? If he called me tomorrow, I wouldn't even ask him how much he's going to pay me. I said, I'll be there. <laughs> yeah. And I said, what? what? He goes, he goes, I've never seen anybody like him. He could get the team under control, and he goes, man, I love the coaching part of it. But, you know, him yelling at me was okay because he was setting the table so I could coach my position. I just said, man, that's that's awesome. And that gets lost. So football has so many intricate and uh, things that we don't talk about that really make a difference. And, And we just judge it. Oh, this guy, that guy, whatever, and ratings and catches, and so when I heard that, I said, "Man, that's what it is." Yeah. You know, and and Christopher, yeah, and, and Adam, yeah. Think of who was on our coaching staff. I know Charlie Weiss, Tom Coughlin, Bill Belichick, Al Groh, Romeo Cornell, right, Ron Earhart, one of the best run designing coaches in the NFL. In, in history, was our offensive coordinator. Am I missing anybody? No, I mean, I think you got all the big ones. There. I mean, how's that for a coaching staff? Right. I mean, how you shoot. And my, your point's just because it's like you're saying. I mean, you go back to Bill Walsh in those days. It's, oh, he was loaded. Yeah, it's it's staff. it's Mike Holmgren. It's a it's a long list Ray of Rhodes. unbelievable guys, right? Where you go, yeah. well, no wonder they were good. They had big time coaches at every position. Phil, yeah. we're going to get to your top five running backs next week, man. We really appreciate you. Well, oh, oh, you're running out of time. Is a yeah. podcast, you know, running too long? Well, we have today's really, the today's the what role. Are you talk about uh, who's going to win a giraffe against a rhino or something. <laughs> we're or taking. A break. We're no, taking a break. We, right we now. actually have the Woe Big Offseason Awards. The what? 
<laughs> the so, Woe Big Offseason Awards. It's, oh you know, God, honoring you know the know people that had the big offseason. Hey, wait, wait, let me get that knife and stick it in my ear. Okay, you can go ahead and do that. <laughs> All right, you guys right, have a great day. That was good. That was fun. Man, it good. was good to talk a little football because I'm starting to get revved up a little because I feel the season. I'm starting to look at rosters and all that stuff, so it's good. We'll have a lot to talk about when we go along here. All good. right, Dad, you the man. Appreciate Happy. you. Oh, last question. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Happy anniversary, baby. Got you on my mind. You remember that song? No. no. Oh, you idiots. What is it? Well, you would know it. In who was it? That Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons? The Orleans. They had Sing like it. four or oh. five hits, and that was the end of them. Never heard of them again. No, I don't know that one. I have to hear it. Sorry. Well, you got to look it up. Happy anniversary, baby. Oh, uh, thanks, man. All right, see ya. See ya. Bye. Appreciate you. It's good that he knows your anniversary. I'm shocked. Well, he only did knew it because he saw it through group. He saw it through group text. That's are you gonna? Did you get you anything? No, today? I'm not getting anything. Flowers? Nothing? No, did she get me anything? I haven't seen it yet. No, and this is why I didn't because every day is Valentine's she was, Day. In she the was households. already. She was already. She goes. Well, what do you want to do for our anniversary? I threw her on a She goes. Well, just so you know, I'm doing this during the day. That was kind of my gift to myself. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's her. That's yep. her gift. She's well-rested. Uh, so I'd like to say before we get into this, there were some very late entrants to try and be in the Woe Big Offseason Awards, but unfortunately the deadline has already passed. Uh, number one, J.J. Uh, Watt and The Rock apparently text over finding which jeans could fit their quads. Great Woe story after the deadline. I'm sorry, uh, but apparently they text each other. And Joe Thomas saying that Tyrod Taylor will go to the Hall of Fame because he's going to take the Bills to the playoffs wow. and the Browns to the playoffs. That's a super Woe that could have gone in our Woverboard category. <laughs> you don't like often it. see Hall of Fame comparisons. No, no, no. That's, that's no. pretty special. But it was after the line, so unfortunately it didn't go in there. Whoa. But yeah, Joe Thomas, right? Wow. So are you excited? I am. It is time. <laughs> For the one, the only, the magical place we've been here all off-season, the Woe Big Off-Season Awards. Hold your applause, hold your applause, please. Unbelievable. Oh, God, it's, it's been a long time coming. I had 13 pages of Woe stories, and now it's time to go through. Josh, any remarks? Uh, we should have worn tuxedos. Yeah, maybe um, next year. Next year. We're going to do this on a stage next year. I like that. Might not be anyone there, but we'll be on a stage. Uh, first category we're going to get to, uh, it's simply the biggest moment of the offseason. The biggest moment. The biggest moment. And there was only one contestant. It's an automatic winner. Jimmy, Jimmy G. G going on a date with Kiara Mia. Just absolutely incredible. Congrats Woo! to Jimmy G. Jimmy G. Unreal. That was the moment. It was one moment, and he absolutely captured that. That's our biggest moment. Uh, here's how this is going to work for the other. Oh, my gosh. So many things. Jimmy I could G. Say right just there. had a quote come out uh, from his press conference. Jimmy G. said uh, on the lessons he's learned from recent headlines involving his dating life, quote, life is different now. I'm under a microscope. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. You or Vinny Chase. When you get 137 million, people watch you. All right, so here's how this is going to work. I have all the different uh, possibilities for who's going to win. And Chris, you have been bestowed the honor of picking the ultimate winner. Oh, this is so great. It is. All right, A so one man committee. Our, yes. our next Listen category to is. What I say. Most confident. And here are the nominees. Tyreek Hill, who said, quote, there's no quarterback who can overthrow me. It's not even possible. Dante Jackson said, 
It's not. It's hard not to talk back to me. I keep going. I walk it like I talk it. I was born with it. Melvin Ingram said, I think it's going to be crazy. This Super Bowl, we're going to win. We're ready. Malik Jackson says, we're going 16-0. and And Jalen Ramsey said, if y'all thought I was good the past two years, then stay tuned. Tyreek Hill, Dante Jackson, Melvin Ingram, Malik Jackson, Jalen Ramsey, who is the most confident in this offseason? Ooh. To me, I it's go it's Jalen Ramsey or Melvin Ingram, and I'm gonna go with Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Jalen Ramsey. Ramsey. Whoa. Yes. Jalen uh, Ramsey said, if y'all thought I was good the past two years, then stay tuned. Yeah, I mean he's got unbelievable swag about him, anyways. And then he's putting like the other guys didn't quite put personal pressure on themselves, right? Mm. They found, like, Tyreek Hill kind of by just saying, I can, nobody can overthrow yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. But Malik everything Jackson's else is almost a joke. Yeah, right. Melvin it's... Ingram, it's a team thing. R- Jalen Ramsey, who was already the best corner in football, is saying, hey, you haven't even seen me yet. I'm going to mm. get better. I give it to him. He's the man. I like that. All right, next one up. Best rookie quarterback offseason. <laughs> First one up, Josh Rosen. Early on, he looks unreal. Uh, then he had the story where he was texting Patrick Peterson all the time. Right. And then there was a story where Patrick Peterson said he's the real deal. Baker Mayfield is also up for it. Quote, never have we seen teammates gravitate to someone like this. Oh, man. Sam Darnold is also up for this. Sam Darnold, uh, the Jet CEO, hyped Darnold as the franchise saver. Quote, I think when we look back 20 years from now, this is the moment the Jets shifted into a new year. Josh McCown also said, with Sam, we have the right guy. He's wired the right way. Josh Allen is also up for it. On his high energy, he's high-fiving and slapping butts. LaShawn McCoy said, I've got to be honest, I'm not a fan of rookies, but he's special. And Austin Prohl said that Josh Allen might have a stronger arm than Cam Newton. And how could we forget about Lamar Jackson? On one play, he burst through the line, and another uh, rookie was hollering on the sidelines. His coach, John Harbaugh, says he has natural arm talent. Eric Weddle says, I've never, he's as talented of a player as I've seen in 12 years. And CJ Mosley says, out of the pocket, he's like a young Mike Vick. You act like you're tank- tagging off because you don't want to be on the highlight reel. Of the four rookies, Chris Sims. Mm. Baker Mayfield, Josh Rosen, Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. Who has had the biggest, whoa, big offseason? Well, it's a tough one. They've all had a pretty good offseason. I think Baker Mayfield's the first guy I cancel out of this because I don't think anything other than being drafted number one is not them in a whoa, big one. So I'm going, I'm going, I'm going to sound like I'm a homer here, but I'm going with Josh Allen. Wow. I Josh am. Allen with a surprise victory over Lamar Jackson. I am. I'm going to go with Josh Allen. Um, I think for the reason that I know there's been a few chinks in the armor with Lamar Jackson down there. It hasn't been perfect, like whether it's been the, you know, hey, there's some great, but there's inconsistencies in the throwing, things like that. Josh Allen, I've heard nothing but positive. And when you have guys like LaShawn McCoy and Tredavious White coming out and tweeting about him and saying things the way they were, that just tells me that he's done more than given like the coaches a little confidence. The, the, the star players on their team are going like, whoa, holy crap, this guy's kind of good. That was a good job. Thanks, thanks. Josh Allen with the surprise victory double, there. Double. I really like Sam Darnold's offseason, too. He was, I thought about him. Very good offseason. Yes, it was. Whoa, good offseason. Good. 
Uh, all right, now it is time for the best unknown rookie of the offseason. These are guys not taken in the first round. Of course, there's Broncos linebacker Josie Jewell, who was raised tending to 130 cattle and 18,000 turkeys, and his college coach said he's ultra, ultra competitive. There's Dorrance Armstrong, who Rod Mirinelli made watch clips of Chris Dolman to improve. There's Josh Sweat, who had his locker right near Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham and Michael Bennett and Timmy Jernigan. There's Blake Jarwin, tight end of the Cowboys, who has received tons of praise from Stephen Jones. And then there's Will Hernandez, who has been in five fights, and Eli Manning says, I love it, to which Will Hernandez responded, iron sharpens iron. Chris Sims, of the five, Josie Jewell, Dorrance Armstrong, Josh Sweat, Blake Jarwin, and Will Hernandez, who is the woe unknown rookie. Ooh, that's loud. I I like Josh Sweat a lot. I have a man crush on but him. This is the story. It's not the player. And that's why I got to go with Will Hernandez. Will Hernandez. Five fights, and Eli Manning loves it. It loves it. I mean, I, I can promise you the offensive line coach loves it. The offensive line staff loves so it. So you don't care about all the, the, the chickens that Josie Jewell raised? No, You've never seen someone getting five fights in OTAs. No, and it, it talks about the culture being changed there, a little bit like what Dad was talking about with some of that. It's going to make the defensive line better. He's getting in fights with Damon Snacks Harrison, who's like, what the hell? I'm the biggest guy around here. How dare you do this to me? Um, yeah, and I, I'm, I'm about football. This is the football podcast. Podcast, okay, players podcast, and you know all the off the field farming stories are great, but uh, I'd stick to the between the lines. All right, this one is a personal favorite for me. Best off season Instagram post. Oh, number one. You sure, you want me to vote on this? Yes. Okay. Number one, Saquon Barkley and the body issue. Winner. Number two. Odell Beckham Jr. throws a football 80 yards. Ooh. Number three. Aaron Donald trains with knives. Number four, <laughs> T.O. runs a 4-4-40. And number five, Pac-Man Jones punches a man in the face and subsequently breaks his ankle. So it's Saquon's legs. This is a great category. Great category. Odell throws at 80 yards. Aaron Donald trains with knives. T.O. runs the 40. Or Pac-Man knocks out an airport security guy. Oh, man. Right, it's a great list. It's one or five for me, right? So it's either Saquon or Pac-Man it's, Jones. It's either Saquon or Pac-Man. All the stories are good. Who knew that Aaron Donald's knife trading would not even make the top two? Yeah, yeah. I know. The guy wasn't was really trying video. to stab If he was really trying to stab him, I would have mucked it up a yeah. little bit. But I think as much as I love Pac-Man knocking out that big mouth and breaking his ankle because he got knocked the hell out, uh, I got to go with Saquon. It's taken over social media, the off season, everything. All we've I've never for me, I'm breaking boundaries about talking about a man's legs and ass this much. I mean it's we we have obsessed about it. Eli talked about it. Right. Yeah. That is the first win for Saquon Barkley, the second win for the New York Giants as a team, joining Will Hernandez, who won for Best Unknown Rookie. How did you touch that ball again? Why did you do that? You had your fingers in your nose, and now you touch the football again. From earlier? Yeah. Well, you got to have better ball security. <laughs> All right, next one up. It I think is. he's trying to cover his belly in that sausage shirt. No, honestly, it's because I usually have papers yeah. so that I lean out like this. Right. But now everything's here, and I, I want to like touch my computer, but I can't, okay. so I'm trying to stay here. 
It is the best beans, not beef, Ooh, of the offseason. I am hungry right now, too. First Holy one up, crap. Tariq Cohen announcing that he's never been to a Jewish deli. Cameron Wake admitting that in his entire career, he's never had fried food or beer, and, quote, beer will taste the same in 10 years as it does tomorrow. Bill Belichick staying at a Lowe's Regency and paying $61 for blueberry pancakes, or Paul Alexander, the Cowboys offensive line coach, saying that he judges football players based on how they use catch-up. He must either play D-line or O-line. He can't play for me if they're smacking the back what's of a the, kind. What's this category? Best beans, not beef, of the offseason. Hmm. Tariq Cohen not going to a Jewish deli. Cameron Wake never having a beer during his career. Belichick paying $61 for pancakes. Or the Cowboys offensive line coach not drafting guys because they use ketchup wrong. Yeah, I mean, that's a dumb one. Um Room service costs that much to reveal Belichick if you've been to a New York City hotel. Uh, the first one was... Tariq Cohen Tariq never Cohen. to a deli. I mean, are you surprised by that? Like, Jewish delis are not all over the country. I don't true, know. Just, true, it's just true. in. Okay. So, um, so I'm going Cam Wake. That's pretty impressive. Cam Wake never having a beer, never eating fried food, never really, it seems like, talk to girls either. I mean, totally on the straight and narrow, total professional, total nut job in, yeah. a right, in the right way. And that's kind of what we want with Beans Not Beef. That's what I mean. We want you to never really enjoy anything. No fried food? I would have a real issue if I couldn't have French fries. Congratulations to Cameron Wake. It's his first nomination and the first win in the Beans Not Beef category. Good this job, is Cam. why he looks like a Greek god. When Are he you takes taking notes up. of what we've awarded so oh, far? No, yeah. He's like, I'm please taking, hurry this right, so Very detailed Let's notes. hear the, uh, what, what have we awarded so far? Uh, Saquon Barkley. <laughs> Cam oh, Wake. God. Okay. Uh, biggest woman went to Jimmy G. <laughs> most, yes! Most, com- yes! most confident went to Jalen Ramsey. He's not even listening to you. Biggest rookie quarterback uh, offseason went to Josh Allen. Uh, best unknown rookie went to Will Hernandez. Best offseason IG post went to Saquon Barkley. Best Beans Not Beef went to Cameron Wake. And now, that's right. (laughs) Best veteran free agent. Teddy Bridgewater created a, quote, legitimate buzz during OTAs. Baker Mayfield on Josh Gordon, I've never seen anybody like him. Vernon Davis on... Well, that was just veteran. Vernon Davis on Alex Smith. He has so many scars. He's successful not by accident. It's supposed to be. It's inevitable. Look at his scars. Tyrod Taylor had multiple nominations. Todd Haley. His car is there every morning in his spot when I get there, and it's like he's not leaving. Jarvis Landry called him the starting quarterback. Christian Kirksey said, we've never had this mojo on the offensive side of the ball. And Case Keenum was called a bonafide leader. He's our guy for the season. What was the first one? First one was Teddy Bridgewater, a legitimate buzz. Josh Gordon, I've never seen anyone like him. Alex Smith has scars. Tyrod Taylor, his car is in the parking lot. And Case Keenum is a bonafide leader. The Woe Big Offseason Award for Veteran Edition. I think it goes to Tyrod Taylor. I think it's, it's more than just your normal... Oh, Sam Bradford's good. He's our starter. Oh, we're going to trade away, Car- uh, trade him away and start Carson Wentz. Like, they went above and beyond of just, like, normal propaganda. They're like, oh, let's try to make our guy feel like he's the starter. Mm-hmm. 
No, when players and defensive players and everything like that start to talk about it, and then the offensive coordinator opens up about your work ethic, which I don't think he would do unless he was really, really ultra-impressed and he was really impressing people, especially when there's the first pick of the draft there at your position, mm. I would say he wins that award. Wow. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. Tyra Taylor congratulations. Definitely was, the, was definitely the best free agent addition in terms of like buzz that everybody was talking about. Yeah. And Other nominees like Jimmy Graham was up there, Aaron Rodgers was like, oh, he catches everything with his hands. Right. But Tyrod Taylor, I think, was the runaway winner. Yeah, I, it gives an organization that has not had stability. It gives them a guy at quarterback who's very professional, going to keep his you know nose and head down, go to work. And he's won football games, been in the playoffs, and was in a really good organization before that with the Baltimore Ravens, so knows what it takes. I appreciate how seriously you're taking this. I am, yes. All right, next. Only three uh, more categories, right? Yep, three more. Wow. He's counting down, just saying. Yeah, of course. <laughs> this is keep, keep only track. three more, right, Adam? This is best quote of the offseason. Oh. Gerald McCoy talking about Vita Vea. When he introduces himself to my kids, you will introduce yourself as Maui. No one. questions asked, because he says he looks like the character from Moana. Right. Donald Penn talking about John Gruden after the draft. I'm not going to lie. I saw the draft pick that called Gruden. I was like, man, what the fuck? He didn't answer, but when I saw him the next Monday, he was joking. You already kicked my ass, huh, Donald? You were mad as a motherfucker. <laughs> Bill Musgrave talking about so Jake. that going down. Yeah, Bill Musgrave talking about Jake Butt. He's going to be a terrific asset for us. <laughs> it was a good one. Uh, Dave Tepper on Ron Rivera. Ron is a natural defensive guy, like walking down the street and drinking water. Just natural. And the last one, Joe Witt, the Packers defensive passing game coordinator. You cannot tell the difference between a confused player and a coward. They both move slow. Mm. So it's that guy, Ron Rivera drinking water, Jake Butt is an asset, Donald Penn's Gruden imitation, and Gerald McCoy saying Vita Vea has to be the guy from Moana. I really like the McCoy one, but... It doesn't beat Donald Penn and Gruden. That's amazing. I mean, I first of all, I am of course I'm biased. I know both of them, but I just can totally envision that conversation. And I can also envision Gruden looking at his phone, like seeing Donald Penn's call after he's drafted the kid from the UCLA. Cole Miller? Yeah, Cole Miller and literally like grinning and like oh, <laughs> he's pissed off. <laughs> hey guys, hey, hey, we 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 pissed off Donald Penn. And he likes he's it. Gonna play. Yeah, that's I just can see it happening. Best quote of the offseason, Donald Penn imitating John Gruden. Oh, very, he's very awesome. Good. All right, uh, two more. This is a, a new category, just started. It's called Most Woverboard, and it is prese- It is uh, in honor of Nay Brown. Wover. Who? Nay Brown uh, was the Eagles player that's the reason that we started Wo Big Offseason, which is a guy that gets overhyped, but we know that it's probably not that's true. That's why we started this? Because of yeah. this guy? Yeah. Damn, last, I don't think I knew year, right? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize it was because of Nay Brown. Nay Brown. So, so really what it is is these are the Wo Big Offseasons that we know are probably bullshit. Yes. Okay. Okay, right. First one for most Woverboard. He's excited about this one. Oh, it's a good category. For most Woverboard. Mike McCarthy says Deshaun Kaiser would have been a first-round pick in this year's draft. Whoa, that's that's beyond Woverboard. Drug test him. Holy crap. 
Uh, the Saints coaches have never seen anybody like Saints backup backup quarterback Taysom Hill. Ooh. He might be the strongest guy on the team, pound for pound. He's a freak athlete. I've never seen anyone like him. Pretty Wolverboy. Pretty Wolverboy. Nate Sudfeld. I like this category. Wide receiver Mac Hollins says that he could potentially be an MVP. Nate Sudfeld, the third string quarterback on the Eagles. He's saying that about Matt Collins? No, no. Matt Collins said that about Nate Sudfeld, that he could be the next MVP. What? Andrew Norwell on Blake Bortles. He's one of the best I've ever been around. And People, then, yeah, he's a, good, he's a good person. And the collective of Davis Webb stories. I mean, Andrew Norwell's only been around one of the guys. Cam Newton. I <laughs> know. All right, so the five most <laughs> woe overboards are uh, McCarthy saying Deshaun Kaiser would have been a first-round pick in this year's draft. The Saints coaches saying they've never seen anyone like Taysom Hill. Mac Holland saying Nate Sudfeld could potentially be an MVP in the NFL. Andrew Norwell saying Blake Bortles is one of the best I've ever been around. And the collection <laughs> of Davis Webb stories, uh, which is most uh, Woverboard. Oh gosh, somebody's got to go do psychological evaluations on Matt Collins. He's he's uh, he's taking hallucinogenic drugs. Okay, is that going to be the most? Yes. What? Oh, you mean the guy that was a low round draft pick and got cut by the last team he was on, and now he's the third stringer for your team? Yeah, he's going to win the MVP. I'm sure they're like congratulations to Nate. I'm sure they're Fortnite buddies and all that. But man, you'd make me not want to listen to anything you say when you say dumb shit like that. Yeah, I liked all those stories. Yeah, they were those, are, those, those are, are the ones. those are the most woverboard stories in honor of Nay Brown. Yes, good yeah. old Nay. All right, and that brings us down to the last one. Uh oh, what is the last one? What are you doing over there, Oracle? Don't worry about it. I'm just looking up some Nay Brown stuff. Okay. okay, what do you think I'm doing? The last one Filling out of Google Doc. The last one is the Woe Big Off Season MVP this is Award. Easy. You'd think it might be, but there's a lot of people up for this. We got five contestants. Okay. Number one, Tyrod Taylor. We've already gone into the winner. He was the re- the winner of the new veteran free agent. Tyrod Taylor, uh, his parking spot, the juju, he should be starting quarterback. The juju? Uh, the the, the juju that he's brought to the team. Oh. His vibe, his essence. Right. Uh, the second person his up energy. for MVP, Saquon Barkley. Legs and ass. He was also complimented by a lot of former Giants quarterbacks and all the stories that have come out for him. Number three, Patrick Mahomes turned down all of the endorsements and Andy Reid compared him to Brett Favre. Vera. Number four, Odell Beckham Jr. Not only did he start and help propel the Shiggy dance, he also posted a lot of training videos and followed Lefko PR. He also won the most fashionable athlete in the world, and he was accused of doing drugs. Whoa, big offseason. You know what the Shiggy dance is? The what dance? The Shiggy dance. In my feelings. Is that when he, like, you shake your foot and hop around? I don't know. That's a different one. No, no that's we'll the shoot. No. Shoot. I know the Shoot. pickle. I know the floss. Okay. Shiggy dance. It was a Drake thing. This whole yeah. trend. We'll talk about it oh, later. Oh, it's, it's, I've seen, seen my it. kids doing yeah. this. Yeah, there so you yeah. go. And then the number five, Davis Webb, said that his arm is almost too strong. Got a printer in the facility. His nickname is the Dragon. He's back to his roots wearing boots. He creates playlists for him and Eli Manning. He never stops working, even during his vacation. And... He's just the dragon. So, 
That should be like Woverboard. That was like Woverboard. Too much. He was up for Davis Woverboard. Web propaganda. Crap. So the five contestants for the Woe Offseason MVP: Tyrod Taylor, Patrick Mahomes, Davis Webb, Saquon Barkley, and Odell Beckham Jr. Sims. It's the hardest category. It is. It's a good category because those is, are some good ones. Who is going to be? It's between Mahomes, OBJ, and Saquon, in my opinion. You're, wow, you're wow. eliminating Davis Webb like, without a doubt. Yes. The dragon. Yeah. No. Sorry. I mean, this entire wow. offseason has been about Davis Webb. He, he has he, owned the offseason. Yeah, he talks about himself too much, and he ain't done anything yet. Can't wow. do it, Captain. Sorry. Negative Ghost Rider. Yes. Shut Unbelievable. Up. Shut huge, up, people. Huge upset. Shut your fucking mouth. People are really <laughs> shocked right now. <laughs> Fuck mean, you. Shut I, up. I mean, people can't. I, I'm shocked. <laughs> So that means that it's down to a surprise three. Yeah. Saquon Barkley, Odell Beckham, and who? Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes. Wow. When you say you turn down. Yet again, Patrick Mahomes beats out Davis Webb for a spot, just like it's back (laughs) at Texas Tech. So it's Saquon, Odell, and Patrick Mahomes. Do you want to just. Yeah, let's. I think I have to go with Saquon Barkley. Yes. I, I mean, Saquon Barkley had an offseason of, I mean, come on. Unprecedented offseason. Unprecedented. We went from everybody evaluating the draft and us all watching him for like three minutes and going, holy shit, he's unbelievable. He's definitely one of the best players in the draft. End of the discussion. Goes to the combine and we go, holy crap, he's more of a physical freak than we thought he was. And then it goes from there to go, Okay, is there anything wrong with him? Are there any chinks in the armor? Does he have uh, issues? Oh, no, he's the most stand-up guy that came out in the draft. He's got a million-dollar smile, ESPN body issue, Saquads in the locker room. I mean, it's daily the updates about him working out and his body. So that's why i got to give it to him. Wow. What do you think, Josh? Uh, I had Davis Webb pegged for that category. Uh, I'm considering this a huge upset, and uh, I'm going to have to question the, the voting committee on this it's, one. It's pretty incredible. Davis Webb, after the, the supposed MVP of the Woe Big offseason, walks away with no trophies. Uh, I know. Uh, I'd Do like you have to... a crying sound in there? Uh, no crying, huh? <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I got to point out here, three awards for Giants. Saquon gets two and then one for Will Hernandez. You would not expect the Giants to really be a woe big offseason organization. They had a great woe big offseason. They did. They, they, they really did. Yeah. So I'd like to once again honor uh, rookie quarterback offseason goes to Josh Allen. Best offseason Instagram goes to Saquon Barkley. Most confident goes to Jalen Ramsey. Unknown rookie goes to Will Hernandez. New free agent vet, Tyrod Taylor held that down. Beans Not Beef, Cameron Wake of the Miami Dolphins. Best quote goes to Donald Penn and John Gruden, their collaboration. Uh, most Woverboard, that's going to go to Nate Sudfeld and Mac Hollins for calling him a future MVP. And the biggest moment, Jimmy G and Kiara Mia. A late submission. Late submission, but got in there just in time. And the Woe Big Offseason MVP, Saquon, Saquads, Barkley. Yes. Disappointing that Odell didn't get any love. Yeah. I wanted to pick Odell. Odell was up for two categories, I know. I know. but he was beaten by Saquon and in both. both. Right, I know. He's also beaten him by and uh, guaranteed money. Oh, <laughs> exactly. That's me and his money. All right. That's, uh, how did that feel? That felt good. That was the collection of the offseason. What do you think, Fendrick? I think we could put some tuxedos on next year and do that, do that big time. Absolutely not.
I think so too. Right. We're gonna You'd have to get tuxedo. We're gonna have to get Saquon on here to accept his award. Uh, but that was awesome. It's it's fitting that we do that now. Training camps are starting. There's gonna be a lot of woe stories coming out. So we'll continue woe big yeah. off season. But it's it's after Just the calendar year. Woe big training camp. Well, thank you. Yeah, you're the man. Woe big training camp. Uh, the first preseason game of the year is next Thursday. It is the Hall of Fame game, and that is why now we are going to be joined by David Baker, president of the Hall of Fame to kind of talk about that again we get into T.O. what's going on with that we talk about do guys get too fat for their jackets does anyone not like their busts by the way we think the answer to the question that he would answer is Tony Dungy you'll kind of see her a little bit later uh, but enjoy David Baker we don't Baker. know that though we think we think right. but we don't know and then we looked up we looked up Tony Dungy's bust and doesn't it, did, look good. it doesn't look good uh, so guys enjoy this interview we will be back on Monday we love you so much much for Sims. Peace out, homies. For Fendrick. Good evening. You did this at the end yeah, of the day. We did. So, uh, a double so, farewell. Here's David Baker. <laughs> What's up, man? How you doing today? Doing good, guys. You ready for the to kick off the 99th season of the NFL? You know it. Is that what it is? 99? 99. Next year, of course, is the 100th season of the NFL. Uh, that means this year everyone's just going to be thinking about next year. 99. <laughs> yep. Uh, all right, so we're welcoming in the the main man, the president of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, David Baker, a man that I see every year at the Super Bowl 16W party, and every year I go, he is 6'9", 400 pounds. He is the man. What is up, David? Well, I'm probably a little bit more than 400 pounds right now, Chris, but I'll tell you, it's, it's uh, great to be with you and Adam and... We're excited about uh, kicking off the NFL's 99th season. Well, I appreciate the honesty there on the weight. So, I mean, why you're being honest, though? So, tell us the real number. What, yeah, do, you what do you think, think it is? At? Because it is a you know, very is, good 400 pounds. I, I will vouch yeah, for that. You, you are well. a dense, naturally huge person. So, yes, what is it? Give us a, give us a roundabout. I would say today it's about two dozen Twinkies above 400 pounds. <laughs> nice. That's incredible. I love Twinkies too, David. I looked up your – I didn't realize – I had always assumed you played football. I didn't realize you, play, you were a professional basketball player in Switzerland. Yeah, that was about 150 pounds ago. Wow. Did you just body people up on the block? Well, I, was, I, w- I probably should have been a football player, but uh, frankly, I, when I was a kid, uh, neither my parents could read or write. Wow. And they weren't, they were, they're good, hardworking, loving people, but they weren't that sophisticated. And I, you know, in those days, they weighed you to play youth tackle football. Mm. And so I kind of weighed too much. I played uh, flag football and loved that. Uh, but by the time I got to high school, I went to a high school where you could only play one sport in the fall and one sport in the spring. Right. And I ended up playing basketball, but it was good enough to get me to college, to law school and uh, kind of around the world. That's amazing. Well, uh, David, I, I always ask people this. Uh, it's part of our podcast, really, because people just sometimes can't understand how big, like, how big someone like you can actually be. So this might sound weird, but I'd like to know how big were your parents? Like, I'd, I'd like oh, to yeah, hear that, actually. Oh, yeah, we have a theory that the parents leave. Because everyone the- likes to use the cop out now of, like, oh, he's big. He must be on, you know, performance-enhancing drugs. He's got to be doing something like that. And I go, <laughs> well, you got to see some of these guys' parents, and you'll understand. So let me uh, hear your parents well my, my dad was probably about 6 3 250 my mom was uh, about 5 11 so they were good size but i'm actually on performance enhancing donuts <laughs> <laughs> so i actually have a question about weight i've always wondered you measure these guys for the gold jackets has anyone ever like gained a lot of weight and the jacket didn't fit like what do you guys do if they outgrow these jackets <laughs> 
You know what? I'll tell you, we've got a wonderful partner in Hager uh, that is in charge of the gold jacket. So they make sure that they fit absolutely properly when we have the gold jacket. But it's, uh, it, it is a wonderful, wonderful, you know, we've got 77 events over about 10 days with 4,800 volunteers, uh, six national broadcasts. And it's like I said, it's a it's a wonderful kickoff to the NFL's '99 season with the Bears and the Ravens, and it's what we've all been waiting for. So it's a lot of events; they take time. Uh, Brett Favre owns the record for longest speech, 36 minutes. Do you think Ray Lewis is going to go longer? Because that's my that's my favorite for longest speech this year. You know, I actually think Brett's was longer, and I think Jerry Jones might have been longer than Brett's. But uh, we're doing our best to try to get guys to. You know, keep it to 15 minutes, um, you know, because we do have a lot of Hall of Famers sitting there as well. And what we found in past years, quite honestly, guys, is that uh, that guy who's last, Ray Lewis, will be last. Yeah. And if the other guys go long, Ray Lewis is going to be on at midnight. And that's not fair Ooh. to him. Last year, Kurt Warner got on real late. Um, but it is a special moment for these guys because, you know, they're, they're not speech makers. They're not politicians. They're not preachers. But it is the journey of their life. Yeah. It is how they got to this very special place that is honored, going to honor their legacy forever. And, you know, there's people who help them get there, their stories. Um, and, and through the understanding of their stories and the values that they relied upon, the rest of us can get some inspiration and some knowledge as well. Why, why we're peeling back the curtain here, too, and I'm going to steal Left Coast's question because I thought it was a good one when we were talking about this a little before. Uh, we talk about the jackets, but how about the bus? Just the actual bronze figures. You know, has anybody ever been unhappy? Did you ever have to redo it uh, and go, okay, yeah, this doesn't quite look the way you want it to. We'll go back to the drawing board. You know, since I've been here, we have one, and I'm not going to say who that is, um, but I can tell you that they're done by a national artist, okay. uh, Blair Buswell, who uh, is you know incredibly well renowned as a, a sculptor, and they begin that literally the day after the Super Bowl. Wow! You know, we we have Selection Saturday. We reveal everybody to the nation on the honor show. Then we kind of take them to the Super Bowl. And they're uh, introduced during the first quarter break. But the next day, we start our orientation, and they get measured that day because it literally takes about eight months to get this bronze sculpture done that is, I'm told, is going to last for 40,000 years. Uh, uh, and then you, take, you have to have that bronze sculpture because the ring of excellence that we give them in their stadium in front of their fans in the fall actually has a replica of their bronze bust on the side of the Ring of Excellence. Right. Uh, that, that ring, I'm told, takes 11 weeks to make. Wow. I, I mean, I know it's not an easy job. I certainly do do respect it. Wait, so just... I, tell I know us who it is, Dan. You're not going to tell us who it is. Tell it who Can it is. you tell us... The year? Offense, defense, or uh, owner? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you tell us one of those? I can tell you that you guessed none of those, which uh. only leaves one category. Uh, so it's it's got to be a like a contributor, something like that, or yes, right? Am did, I, did, yes, or maybe a coach. Oh yeah, right. I didn't say coach. So it was a coach. I like yeah, it. Right. So all right. So as we're peeling back the curtain, we're not going to give the coach's name up. But how does this conversation go? Does he yeah. call you and like, hey, David Baker, you know, uh, thanks for putting me in the Hall of Fame. The the jacket fits great, but damn, I don't look like that. Can we change that? How does that go? It was it was actually his wife. 
That's <laughs> Love amazing. it. That's even better. <laughs> but but our job is really, you know, our job is to honor these guys. Yes. Uh, you know, our our mission here at the Hall of Fame, which we take extremely seriously, is to honor the heroes of the game, to preserve its history, promote its values, and celebrate excellence everywhere. And while there have been 300 million young men that have played this game, 5 million in college, 29,000 to have played it uh, professionally, um, you know, there's only 310 right now as of today who have a bronze bust. Now, Chris, you know, because you played in the league, we have uh, an archive here on you. Every guy who ever played in the league, even for a week, has You won't need it, David. Football. Don't worry. You can put that one in the trash. I am not going to be there, so don't worry. Well, on, on the contrary, you can come here and you can um, add to that archive, you know, and uh, you can kind of... You know, leave your grandchildren's 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 grandchildren a message as to not only what you are and what you did, but who you are. So, and so our job is to keep the legacy for all the guys who keep played the game, David, or so the game, or officiated the game. Sims famously uh, his spleen exploded, and I was curious if we tracked it down and got it bronzed, <laughs> would the Hall of Fame be interested in his spleen that he lost on an NFL field? <laughs> Yeah, not only would we uh, accept that as a donation, we could give him a, a tax write-off for it as well. <laughs> That's what I was looking That's for. The There's thing. the payback finally for losing that damn organ. So I'm realizing, Dave, you're kind of in an, in an interesting situation. You are the guy. You knock on the door. You congratulate people. You welcome to the Hall of Fame. You're what's perfect about the Hall of Fame. Sometimes Sims and I get upset about the voters and their process and the bias. And I, I want to be honest with you, the T.O. thing has kind of, it's made me feel a certain type of way. And, and I, I just want to be honest with you because I really respect you a lot. Uh, and, what, and it's not like Dave is the one voting him on this. So everybody's no. got to realize Dave's that the guy there. that goes there and goes, congratulations, right. you're the man. Right. And, and David's such an awesome guy. But I don't know. It's it's kind of making me feel a type of way. And I just, I wanted you to kind of comfort me. Yeah, Lefko's a little angry about the backlash of people that are mad at T.O. We understand T.O.'s argument uh, to a degree. And we know you've had a deal with a, a lot sure. of T.O. crap here the last few weeks and months. So, well, you know, what's what's that whole process been like for you? Well, l let me first go back to the first question you asked, sure. asked if it's okay. Yeah. You know, about the process. You know, I, I don't get to a vote uh, we have 48 elite selectors who literally work year-round. They take this fiduciary obligation, I assure you, extremely seriously. Um, Peter King tells me that he does about 120 interviews a year that have nothing to do with his stories. They just have to do with should a guy be in the Hall of Fame. Mm. And, you know, so they, they take it very seriously. Now, I don't have a vote, but you kind of got to be 6'9 and 400 pounds to run this meeting. Because <laughs> it takes 10 or 12 hours to get through this process on Selection Saturday. And I got to make sure that they're done so that we get them out in time to be on the honor show uh, on national television and be revealed to the nation. But what I would say this is that you've got to get 80% of those 48 guys in that room and go through a long process through the year to get into the room. 80% for 48 guys it is an incredibly high bar. And respectfully, I would say that it, it should be hard to get in the Hall of Fame. It's not the Hall of Very, Very Good. It's the Hall of Fame, for goodness sakes. And, and it is challenging. And there are incredible, credible legacies. Uh, 
you know, um, Lynn Swan, I think, took 14 times. Uh, Chris Carter was in on three times and then said once he was in the room at the Ray Nitschke luncheon with all the Hall of Famers, he thought, uh, you know, shame on me for being concerned that I didn't make it in here right away. It's not easy. And in many respects, you know, the guys who are in the hall are defined by the guys who aren't in the hall. You know, Chris, respectfully, your dad is a guy who contributed enormous amount of the game, and he's not in the Hall of Fame. His legacy is still here. We will guard that here forever. Maybe someday he'll be in the Hall of Fame. But it's not easy to yep. get in the Hall of Fame, and respectfully, it shouldn't. So let right. me go to your second question about T.O. Yeah. Um, you know, him not coming is kind of unprecedented. We've never had that before. Uh, and, have you had uh, anyone ever threatened, like, at all, even, like, have a talk about you know, I know you're not going to say their name, but just has it even come close to this before? Have you ever had anything like this? No. No. Okay. I mean, that's an easy question to answer. No. Yeah, right. Uh, everybody has been excited to come, want to come. Um, honored to come. Uh, and, and again, we're disappointed that T.O. isn't coming uh, because really we want to honor him and we will honor him, not just at this ceremony, but you know, for the rest of time. With his bust being here and his legacy here, we're going to keep that alive. He is welcome to come to this day to the enshrinement. And after the enshrinement, if he doesn't come, he's welcome to come every day for the rest of his life. But he's also a grown man. And we've had some good discussions uh, that I would say are respectful discussions. And he gets to make his own mind. Uh, I can't force him to come. I shouldn't force him to come. He made his mind up, so we respect that. Now, having said that, we got seven other guys who have incredible legacies, who have done tons for the game as well. And we're going to spend a lot of time focusing on those guys and have an incredible party. We actually have more Hall of Famers coming to the Hall of Fame this year than ever before. We should have about 140 Hall of Famers. Wow. Which when you consider that we've only got, counting the new enshrinees, 182 who are alive, Wow, uh, that's 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 a pretty good response for that's these kinda, guys. That's kind of that's kind of the to effect. I feel like all of a sudden everyone's looking at their own their own jackets and their own rings and being like, "Man, this really I want to be there." Maybe right. it's kind of had that effect. Well, listen, I know you guys. I know you guys are funny. I listen to your podcast, um, but I, I also want to tell you, I know how much you guys love the game. Yes, and big time. I'll tell you, when you get into a room with 140 of these guys. Um, I've had the trip to go to Israel with 20 of them. To we've had a, a 10 in front of the Pope, um, and I've through my life and career, I've had the opportunity to be with a lot of famous people, and I've kind of become not a very great respecter of fame because I've learned that most of them aren't that happy. But I'll tell you, you get 140 of these guys in a room, it's a pretty impressive group. Yeah, I, know. I, I remember when I remember when Michael Strahan was an intranee. He literally ran taking selfies from Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer, and it wasn't guys like Joe Montana or Dan Marino. Uh, it was uh, Charlie Trippy, and it was Hugh McElhaney, and it was uh, Bob Sinclair and some of the guys who'd started this game. And uh, I think Michael's got a good understanding for the history of this game. Uh, so it's a, it's a pretty impressive group to have these guys together. And again, they're not perfect. They didn't fall out of bed great. Every single one of them overcame a some adversity in their life. So it might have been physical. It might have been, uh, you know, business. It might have been emotional. 
Um, but they've overcome adversity, and it's not just about the worship of the football hero. It's about the focus on the values that these guys used, Chris, very seriously, that you employed, you know, even as a college athlete, to the discipline, the perseverance, the, right. you know, the commitment, the love that you felt for teammates in your team. And they used those values over a long period of time to drag a whole lot of other people to a place of excellence with them. And if we look at that and learn at that, well, then maybe we can become, you know, better broadcasters or a better administrator or police officer, soldier, uh, cellist in the symphony. Right. Maybe we can become a better community or even a better country. Yeah, I hear you there. There's so much to respect about these guys, and they did not get there just by luck or a flip of the coin. They've done a lot to sacrifice to get there, and I do respect that. You know, even saying that, so this is why I'm glad you kind of went there. You know, uh, I know this is not a perfect process. Do you guys behind the scenes evaluate your approach sometimes? And I'm saying this just because, like, for me, as a true football lover and a historian uh, and, you know, growing up in it, I do look at the Hall of Fame as times and go, O-linemen get cheated a little bit in this process because it's not sexy. They're not on, you know, the highlight shows all the time. You know, is there ever talks behind the scenes with the voters or anything like that? Like, hey, we need to do more due diligence on guys like, you know, Joe Jacoby or Alan Fanica, where some sports writers might not actually know how great he they were because they didn't watch film or don't know O-line play. I just was wondering if any of those kind of conversations come up. All the time. i, I got to tell you that we've got three different groups here at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We've got uh, the selectors, who are the guys who you know, cast the ballots. And again, 80% of those 48 guys have to get them. There's also a contributors committee, yep. and there's also a seniors committee. That senior committee is to try to take into effect guys uh, like Joe Jacoby, who may have fallen between the cracks. Right. And then all of a sudden... You know, they look at them over and over again, and it's a smaller group that looks at a small group of guys over a whole day. That's how Robert Brazil made it in. That's how Jerry Kramer made it in. Gotcha. Okay. You know, this year, they may have fallen between the cracks, and the seniors group is to go back and relook at that. The second group is really our board of directors, and our board of directors. Uh, is a group of people who, again, are selfless and dedicated and take this, uh, you know, to this is not cheap what we do here. I mean, you know, there is a whole, uh, you know, perspective of what we're doing, and we're building a place called Johnson Controls Hall of Fame Village around the hall that's about $889 million. That's going to be a Disneyland for football. But that board of directors also looks every year at how can we do this better, how do we set the rules? Um, you know, we have bylaws that we have to live by, and the board sets those rules. And then finally, we have my staff, uh, the group who, who works for me. And our group is to take the selections that are made, make sure the bylaws are adhered to, and to honor these guys, to fulfill our mission to honor the heroes of the game, to preserve its history. We got 6 million pictures and 40 million documents here. So the history of the game really is here to preserve, to promote its values and to celebrate excellence everywhere. That's our mission. So those are the three groups. It's kind of like, you know, the the legislature, the presidency and the judiciary, you know, that they, they all work together. Um, and, and it's not just a situation where guys mail this in or send in their email vote, I assure you that this is something that 
is taken incredibly seriously and on multiple levels people spend a whole lot of time working it. It's still not a perfect uh, uh, system. I don't know that any system is perfect, Mm. but I'll tell you, people spend a lot of time on it. And and that's why, again, you know, our job is to honor the guys who are the Hall of Famers, but it's also to honor the guys, you know, Chris, since I've got you here, you know, like your dad or or like yourself. And and these guys uh, are heroes of the game as well. Uh, that's cool. I'm glad you gave us a little peek behind it. I, and I know that, that, that really everybody works extremely hard on this. I just want to, want to wanted to hear kind of the behind-the-scenes process. All right, we have to let you go, but one last thing. I mean, David's your middle name. What's your what's the C for? Isn't it C. Dot David Baker? I mean, I noticed that when I Wikipedia'd you late, earlier today. <laughs> yeah, I used to tell girls it was cowboy, <laughs> um, but but in but in reality, it's actually Carl. I was uh, named after my dad. Okay, and. Uh, and so it's it's Carl David Baker. Okay, cool. I just wanted to make sure you weren't scared of the name Christopher or Chris like me. We could have been besties. We could have been best friends. I just wanted to make sure. You know what? I hope we're going to be best friends anyways. Chris. We are. We already are, David. David so it's Baker, all good. dude, we appreciate your time. You are a good protector of the realm. I feel like the Hall of Fame is, is this beautiful world, and you protect it. We are going to bother the contributor committee, I think, with our fan base next year to try and get Phil Sims in. So I'm going to have my people talk to your people about who we should be bothering. Uh, but I yeah, just absolutely. Yeah, because I think you, that... You, let, me, let me share with you. Any fan can nominate, just by writing me here at the Pro Football Hall of Fame, any fan can nominate someone. We get it down to 100, then we, then we get it to um, then we get it to 50, then we get it to 25, then we get it to those 18 that go in the room. How so many, we'd love to have that nomination. How many fan nominations would our fans need to send in for you to go, guys, we got like 500 Phil Sims nominations. Like, What's the number to where you're like, this was overwhelming? Like, I, Our fan base needs to know that. Number one. All you need is one. No, if we didn't put it on away. the list. We, we send it to our, our contributors and what they need to do is, you know, talk to the contributors and, and do that. But the contributors then vote the, all the nominations that we get, and they get them down to 100, then to 50, then to 25 and 18. Okay. We're awesome. going to get your information. We're going to start a movement for Phil Sims. But, Dave, we appreciate your time. Enjoy the weekend. Uh, check it out, Canton. They're going to be having events all throughout the week. It's going to be on everything, ESPN, NFL Network, all that good stuff. And uh, Brian Dawkins, the greatest safety to ever play the game, is going to have an amazing speech. I can feel it, Dave. <laughs> He's an Eagles fan, David. It's a, he can't help it. Well, listen, he, every one of these guys is going to have an incredible speech, and I know Brian will as well. He's a fine young man, but I've been impressed with Randy Moss and Jerry Kramer, who waited 45 years to get in here. You don't think he's going to have something to say? <laughs> right. We're excited about it. It's going to be great, guys. Awesome. Football's finally here. It's here. Thanks, David. Thanks Thank for you, coming brother. on, man. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. See Take you, care. Man. God bless. Bye bye. The big man. The big baker. Thank you. He is, uh, are we still rolling? Yeah. Yes, we are. Okay. He's, uh, I, we say this every time he comes we on. We have to, though. He's the largest human being I've ever seen in my life. Uh, I mean, he would, he, you could stand him next to Jonathan Ogden and go, wait, which one was the Hall of Fame left tackle? He's the closest 
real person I've ever seen to Andre the Giant. Like when I hear stories about Andre the Giant, <laughs> yeah. just the size of his hands, yeah. I go up and shake his hand, one, out of respect, right. but two, because I just want to, I've never felt my hand feel that small yeah, in my no, life. Yeah, no, it's amazing. He's a giant. He really is. All right, so what'd you think about everything he said? Uh, I, I, I can't get mad at David for anything. No, no, of course. David's just a man. And I agree man... with what he said. There's no system that's ever right. Right. We just get upset at the system. No, and, and there's, I think the one, the one other thing I wanted to ask him, but I, you know, it, I don't know if it's worth asking because he's going to answer it the right way is yeah. always about do people the voters i would like to know do they really do they ever complain about i mean like will you complain like jerry jones getting in the hall of fame like mm. the billion dollar owner oh he contributed to help his huge investment right. that's his whole life and family's life is dependent on yeah whoa what a contributor I wonder if there's any of that backlash between the voters. I, I'd right love now. to. I wanted to ask him, and, and obviously, I, I wouldn't not in this space. And he's going to give us the right answer. But being like, look, man, you got Kurt Warner and Terrell Davis, who like had these shorter, like explosive careers, and they're on TV all the time. Like, I wonder who the coach is. Oh, I think that's a good one too. I know. All right, so the coach that has a bad bust. I think if we just search like new bust for coach, maybe it'll maybe pop it'll up. up. Yeah, I'll do it. All right. But check it out. I the Hall of Fame is going to be coming up, so you guys can roll. We're going to this is how we're going to end the podcast, so you can play the music now. Uh, thank you guys so much. I hope you enjoyed the Whoa Big Off Season Awards. Whoa. Uh, I hope that you guys enjoyed our little talk with Phil Sims. Uh, we will be back on Monday as always. It will be great, and on Monday. We're on the same week as the first preseason game. Booyah. Holy crap. The Hall of Fame game, Bears-Ravens, will be on Thursday night. What's up, Bears? Uh, what is your prediction? Do you think Ray Lewis goes over 36 minutes? Um, he is the caboose. He's he is, last. They put I, him last for a reason. You're right. That's right. I didn't even realize he was last. It's going to be right around. I don't think he's going to go over it. I don't. I think he'll be conscious of the fact that he was like, he was like, we don't have any preachers. I was like, Ray Lewis is going to be a preacher. Yes. Ray Lewis is going to be up there and be like, I have reached the summit of my career. He's going to go. Momentum is real. Yeah. It'll be good. All right. For Sims. Peace out, homies. For Fendrick. Good Good evening. evening. And for the L-E-F-K-O-E. Man. We appreciate you guys. Uh, To the L-S-L-F-L faithful meatloaf and all the fans out there making us enjoy our jobs. We love you. And we'll holler at you next week.